You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So come to the site now. Check out what we have there for you. A looking at all the things you need to know for the Sunday and Monday games of week number five there. Uh, my picks against the spread, our straight-up picks, our fantasy football rankings, as well as my stardom sit column. It rolls on there for week number five so check that out and uh, get caught up there with uh, everything we're talking about here and uh, I also uh, have to uh, continue the momentum here to close the week for you uh, we still have some unfinished business we went through the two matchup shows matchup Wednesday matchup Thursday back to back breaking down each game in depth so you have that uh, for you uh, to check out if you missed that and we move on here on uh, Lineup Fridays. If you're with us every week, you know that we uh, first uh, do their takeaways from Thursday Night Football. We keep having some good games. The Seahawks survived the Rams 30-29, to another high-scoring game. Good one for fantasy there. So we have a lot to talk about there. Then we'll uh, look at some of the lessons we learned from DFS last week. Uh, we'll focus a little bit on the showdown slates and uh, um, looking at kind of the mixed results we've had there to see uh, where you can uh, get your edge. And then we'll turn to the classic uh, lineups on DraftKings there in the middle segment here, looking at the value plays, uh, what do you want to think about for cash games and tournaments here on DraftKings there, and uh, some good value players that uh, you can certainly target and uh, really help you load up on studs at other positions. So we'll definitely look at that. And then uh, we'll close the show with our injury updates as we usually do with the things we know about to things we expect to come on the final injury reports here later on Friday. So let's dive right into this uh, exciting game between the Seahawks and the Rams. It was early all Seahawks there. They kind of uh, rolled to a 14-6 to lead there. And then you look at it, Russell Wilson, what can you say? I mean, he is QB1 right now. Among QB ones, he's 17 of 23, 268, four touchdowns. So he's in there with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now we thought Patrick Mahomes is way above everybody else, but we did have uh, one bad game for Wilson in terms of not volume. But the other games have been all pretty good here, and part of it is the defense stinks. So very parallel lives that he's living with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes did have that uh, game last week where he had zero touchdown passes. So there was that, but four here for Wilson. So. He's making a case. He's also running, which is nice. He got another half touchdown, essentially, with his uh, 32 yards rushing in the game. 268 and 4. He looked awesome. 17 of 23. Now, this uh, Rams pass defense, they got a break early in the season with uh, Cam Newton. Then uh, Drew Brees went down in the game there against the Saints. But really, last two weeks, Jameis Winston and Russell Wilson, they've carved this defense apart all over the field. So, again, the Rams... Pass defense is nothing scary at this moment. Uh, good matchups there all around. You look at uh, the Seahawks. Uh, Will Disley, he keeps getting it done. Caught all four of his targets for 
81 yards. He even had a uh, run of seven yards in this game that kind of a flip pass uh, behind by Russell Wilson. So Will Disley, a big part of this offense. He's integrated there. Tyler Lockett, only four targets, but caught all of them, 51 yards and a touchdown. Only three for DK Metcalf, but two for 44 and a touchdown. And uh, again, David Moore, only one of two, and he caught a 10-yard touchdown. So very efficient from Russell Wilson with only 23 attempts. You've got to love that, that he does that damage, 268 and four, and does the rushing when you uh, factor in only uh, 24 dropbacks and eight rushes. You'll take that from Wilson every time. Chris Carson still was able to get his 27 carries, 110 yards. It didn't matter that Rashad Penny came back. He had six carries for 18 yards, so didn't really cut in. He did a little bit more of the receiving work, took that away from Carson with one long catch there down the sideline for 30 yards, but it's still Carson's backfield fully here, and he immersed and he helped there at the end with that winning a game touchdown there. In the end, a little bobble, but he made the play. That's all we count to care about. And a big game for him, 123 yards on 28, 23 touches and a touchdown there. So very good game. And uh, so the principles here are pretty clear. Uh, Tyler Lockett, Will Disley, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson. These guys should be in your seasonal lineups every week. Uh, Wilson was definitely one of the cores we had in showdown this week. He came through very well here. Cooper Cup as well. We'll talk about him. So... Wilson has just been incredible here early in the season and uh, definitely a QB1 and definitely you should not think about benching him anytime soon because the Seahawks defense, they made some plays here with J.D. Van Clowney but still gave up a ton. So we'll talk about the Rams side of things. You had Jared Goff, another disappointing game. He didn't get the touchdowns, but he has 395 yards passing. Did throw an interception in this one. But uh, this Rams team is pretty much a passing team right now. They cannot run with Todd Gurley, so the volume's going to be there. If you look at Jared Goff, if you, have, if you had one more touchdown, it would have been a great game for sure. It was still okay there. He had a two-point conversion that was denied here. Now, Todd Gurley, as I mentioned, they're not running the ball, but the one thing they are is giving Todd Gurley the ball at the goal line. He upped his five, ca- five carries from last week. Goes up to 15, still not great with 51 yards. He did lose a fumble, but two scores here, and that's what counts. They're going to give him the ball inside the 10-yard line, and uh, he's maintaining his value that way. It's definitely a, a RB1, RB2 borderline here early in the season. Now, the big story here was Gerald Everett. Seven catches for 136 yards and 11 targets. So he finally got unleashed as a tight end. What the Rams have realized is they need some quick hitters, get the ball out of hand of Jared Goff. Their pass protection is not as great. So the quick hitters there to a Gerald Everett, 7 for 136. Hard to cover downfield, and then he showed that. Here, uh, Brand Cooks did get hurt. He did have a run there of 27 yards and a long catch of 29 yards there. He got involved only in the second half. He was blanked in the first half, but... Got banged up. We don't know what the injury is exactly. Uh, we'll find out more. But Gerald Everett figures to be more involved. It's not going to be pivoting to Josh Reynolds the way we were looking for last year. It's clear they're not going to go to another receiver here first. It's going to be more about uh, getting Gerald Everett. And Tyler Higby was involved as well. But Everett is just a special athlete. We've been waiting for this. We've looked at him as the supposed healthy Jordan Reed of the Rams offense. And that quite has not happened here under Sean McVay. And I think they were just waiting. They wanted a little bit of completeness as a blocker. I think Higby is still the better blocker. That helps. But when you're not running the ball and you have high volume, you're going to get more people involved. And that was the thing with Jared Goff, is that he didn't always get the volume here. 
because of question marks, but that's coming here. We'll have to see Monitor Cooks here. But again, pretty healthy amount of targets when you look at 14 between Everett and Higby. Combined 10 catches there, but Everett clearly the plus athlete. Higby can make some plays too, but I think Everett is just a guy that we're going to look at more and more here as a viable tight end in fantasy. Now you look at the Cooper Cup, he just comes through 17 targets, pretty inefficient with only 9 catches, but... Man, when you get peppered with targets, he's clearly the go-to guy in all these situations for Jared Goff. 9 for 17 and 1. He's kind of the security blanket here. Robert Woods, 5 for 48. Looked like he was a lot busier than we thought, but only uh, 48 yards off the 9 targets. So Woods, up and down, he's had one really nice game. The other games have been quiet here, but PPR is still valuable. Cup is a great and standard. He's a wide receiver 1 at this point uh, with his production. I mean, he scores almost every week. He's so involved. He's really the Rams' number one. We kind of lumped these guys in. It's a mistake. I kept pushing Cup as the better value than Woods and Cooks all preseason. That's what we're seeing because, again, the touchdown rate of Cup last year, it's not a fluke when we see him keep producing here. And uh, Everett was definitely a revelation here. And they go. And Garley, you know, people have been complaining about him. But when you score twice, I mean, think about scoring twice is the equivalent of 120 yards in fantasy and that's sometimes really hard to get even if you're a really great player so Gurley is a special player still and the running may be a little tough with the line and his knees maybe not totally getting there but he can still run the ball in from a good uh, 10 yards out uh, right near the goal line we saw that with ease he scored he walked in here so that's going to be Gurley's biggest asset but may not be as pleasing in uh, PPR leagues but in a standard league you're totally fine with that with Todd Gurley. Now, we mentioned the showdown slate, and uh, we had some good success on Monday night there with the Steelers' defense and James Conner and uh, Chris Boswell in our lineups, uh, guys like that, that really helped and uh, got some uh, money there. Tonight, uh, we had some good luck a little bit with the Cooper Cup and Russell Wilson. They made our core player. So the, the key is, for me, in showdown that I've learned here is uh, you got to get some core there that you know is going to produce. And uh, I wanted to make sure I had Wilson, Cup, and Lockett. Those are the three people I wanted. Now, the other ones are going to be a bit of a wild card. So if uh, you threw some cheap money at Everett, you really uh, profited here. And uh, at this point, you just have to see where the consistent points are going to come from, the flow of the game. So this game would dictate to you that you wanted you wanted Goff and Cup and Wilson and Lockett and then work around those guys in this matchup. So uh, so you really could have benefited well here. Carson was rather on the cheap side there. Well, Carson or Gurley would have been a good investment here. And then you pivot with a little bit of a dark throw, and Everett would have been that. So you kind of figure out who the dark throw is. Everett or DK Metcalf would have been that. But make sure you get the core people in there in these showdowns where you're not looking to be too contrarian. Everett was a bit contrarian in himself playing him or Metcalf in here that uh, people may not have looked at. I, I think people who had either one of those guys in the lineup uh, were the ones who uh, really won here. So you look at it, uh, you don't want to invest too much in kicker as well, but sometimes the kicker, like a Zerline or Jason Myers, is going to give you the balance here. Obviously, uh, it was pretty even here, but uh, uh, Zerline, if he had made that last kick, would have been really paying off there. So he was a cheaper kicker, and that's where I tend, typically like to go, and that opens up things again. And the rest of your lineup, to load up and then have one dart throw like an Everett there that really paid off. And it wasn't too dark throw in terms of he's a talented player, but we just know how much he's going to get involved. So you really lucked out that they made him the focal point of the passing game here. And um, that's kind of 
But we're learning, uh, trying to get better DFS showdown every week, and uh, that's a, certainly a good blend, but you want to make sure you have the studs in there and then work around the rest with the values. Now, we'll uh, continue with some DraftKings talk here for week number four in a moment, but uh, first I've got to tell you that uh, Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. Go to Blinkist.com slash Locked On, try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's uh, Blinkist. Uh, use the promo code Locked On at Blinkist.com slash Locked On to try it for free. Now, uh, Locked On Fantasy Football has been brought to you as well by my bookie. And uh, this is the most exciting time of the year. We know it. Watching fantasy players erupt. It was fun to do that. If you had Russell Wilson or Cooper Cup last night or even Chris Carson or Todd Gurley. But you can make the games even more exciting by uh, betting on them. And the way you should do that is go to mybookie.ag. It's the best place to go whether you've been betting for years or you're new to gambling and want to get involved in the NFL. The NFL season is the best time of year to get involved and uh, you also have the MLB postseason. Uh, NHL season has uh, faced off here as well as uh, NBA tip-off around the corner. So good time to get into the action at my bookie and uh, there's so many ways to win and play there. They've got the parlays where you bet a little on a lot of games and if you come through uh They'll uh, multiply your winnings fast there for you at my bookie, and uh, that's the best, funnest way to get involved here in the NFL season to raise the level of excitement. And uh, my bookie is going to take care of you with some of the best player perks in the business and some great live in-game betting, including uh, fantasy football player props. Uh, and if you join my bookie right now, they will double your first deposit there. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On. Double your cash there. My bookie before you make your first wager. Visit mybookie.ag today. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back here with a look at our DFS uh, DraftKings roster construction for week number five. All right, uh, let's. Uh, go through the positions here and where we're targeting players that are going to have some good value here. Now, a quarterback, if you're going to go high end and a guy that people might be off but is overdue for a big game, you have to start with Deshaun Watson. I mean, he admitted that he overthrew some guys there. He had some big game potential. They probably should have won the Panthers if he was normal and he was getting used to DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. This week, they get the Falcons at home. And here... Falcons have given up a lot of big plays. They were torched by Corey Davis and A.J. Brown last week. So when you look at that, Deshaun Watson, I really like him. I think some people are going to be on Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. And that's fine. I think Tom Brady has a great matchup. Jackson as well in Pittsburgh. Uh, but if you're looking for the volume, and it could be a crazy game here, uh, Deshaun Watson can definitely light up the Falcons here at home. So 6700 I know you're paying a little bit more from him. But he could definitely have the highest return of the week. And if you're looking there, I mean, he's easily uh, returning a 3K on his salary here consistently. He can rebound here, and the, the Falcons are nothing scary there. Well, we know the Texans will throw a little bit more, possibly, to get the ball in the end zone than Tom Brady this week. So there's something to keep in mind. But it's pretty close between Watson and Brady, 6,700, 6,500. I'm willing, if I'm going to go and pay up for a quarterback, to do that. This week now there'll also be a lot of people on Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott at six thousand in the same game, but I'm going to avoid that one there at that price point. I think P. 
people are sleeping a bit on Andy Dalton at 5700 here at home against the Cardinals. So you save $300 there, and I think you get the same amount of production from Andy Dalton. A good target here. In cash games, not a bad quarterback because it allows you to stack elsewhere. The Cardinals are just pretty weak against everything right now. All you need is a touchdown from Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, Auden Tate, somebody, Joe Mixon, even out of the backfield, Dalton running, and you're in good shape here with 5,700. He can certainly bring you uh, over 20 fantasy points this week on uh, DraftKings. Now, going down, I really like Kirk Cousins at 5,300. I mean, he's behind some guys I wouldn't play. Uh, Gardner Minshew at 53 in a tough spot there. But Kirk Cousins, again, you can't expect a high floor. I think he's a better cash game quarterback or high ceiling, I'm sorry. When you look at it, the floor is decent. You're just looking for 215-2, and you'll get it. He's only averaging 11.8 fantasy points per game right now. You're getting a 2K return at that price at 5300 but we can see it up to 4K here for Cousins in a good cash game situation now. Mitchell Trubisky is going to go to London here with the Raiders, but I to see if the Bears are going to play him, I really don't think so. Chase Daniel, therefore, becomes a value. He's at 4,800. Really, Trubisky was only at 51. So, not saying that much more, but that's how low I'm going to go here at 4,800. He looked really good last week against a very tough Vikings defense. The Raiders' defense not as tough. We know he's going to be prepared well versus in the offense. So, it's as low as you can get, folks. I mean, 4,800 for a starting quarterback, and you got to take advantage of that. You have Joe Flacco at 47, but we're going to avoid him. We're going to avoid that Redskin situation, obviously, here overall. So, when you think about that, Chase Daniel, going to get you a good return and really stack up elsewhere at your positions here on DraftKings. Now, we start to look at running back, and uh, I think the two core people that you're looking at this week, Ezekiel Elliott, 8,300 here. I mean, smash spot at home against the Packers. I love that. I also love David Johnson at 7,500. So I think one of those guys kind of has to be in your backfield. I know they'll be pretty chalky, especially Johnson going against that atrocious Bengals uh, rushing defense. But I think just the volume of these two guys, and uh, Johnson been pretty solid here and consistent. And you have some other issues going on where you don't let it necessarily play Le'Veon Bell. The Eagles, you got Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler potentially splitting carries. Uh, Dalvin Cook is also not bad at 8,400 where you look at it, but I think between Elliott Johnson and Cook, you want at least one of those guys. I'm going to try as hard as I can to get two of those guys in my lineup here on uh, DraftKings this week. Whether I'm playing cash games or tournaments, these guys are just going to be two of the biggest running backs of the week, and it's okay. You don't have to go deep deep and contrarian. You have to get a big game out of your backs to really uh, pull away here. And uh, That's what we've learned a little bit as well is that we're not going to go committee back and look for value. This is where we want to do spot because of the wide receiver values and quarterback values are very high, very similar to how you would draft in uh, seasonal leagues where you look at uh, running backs have that potential. Now, one more guy that maybe isn't being talked about at all is uh, Derrick Henry at home at 6,000. I mean, you cannot really pass on the Bills, but you can run on the Bills if you want and uh, power through. And the uh, Titans getting t- Taylor Lewan back this week from suspension, so... That's pretty big here to get some blocking. And uh, Titans having some momentum to defense. The you know Derrick Henry Titans defense stack certainly has some appeal this week as well. And uh, one guy you could also get going is 5,200, David Montgomery, playing the Raiders. The Raiders have been better than the run against you think. But, uh, but this should be in control this game with their defense. And uh, 
Montgomery can put it away nicely, much like the Broncos game we had a few weeks ago. So there's a couple value plays there later. Now, in terms of a guy that could really smash it here, it's 4,900, Philip Lindsay. I like that as well as a low. And I know he's going to split with Royce Freeman, but he's a type of back. He gives the Chargers a lot of problems. You're going to get good return here from him. Right now he's averaging 14.3 fantasy points per game on DraftKings. 4,900 is the price. So I think he could easily push the 20-point mark here with his usage. And that's how you attack the uh, Chargers and uh, keep the Broncos in the game. The Broncos defense playing or offense playing a lot better than we think at this particular moment. And there's a guy that you can certainly look at there. Now we move on to a wide receiver here. And we'll look at uh, some names that stand out price-wise. Now, if you want to create a stack in a tournament, DeAndre Hopkins, 7,800. You're going to have to pay the most. But I feel good about him or Will Fuller getting getting them in your lineup. Now, Will Fuller is way cheaper. He's at 4,500. So if you want a little bit of tournament, I go with Will Fuller. If I'm going cash games, I might try to get uh, DeAndre Hopkins in a little bit more overall. Now, going down, I like Adam Thielen at 6,700. I mean, Chris Godwin's solid at 69, but Adam Thielen stands out to me at 6,700. Now, we know that he complained about the passing game, and Stephon Diggs did too, but Diggs has been pouting here. He's at 6,200. Thielen, I'm willing to pay a little bit more, knowing that he's more of Kirk Cousins' guy, and the matchup is a little bit better for him away from Janoris Jenkins. I know this secondary has not been good, period, but again, if he can get to the rookie... DeAndre Baker for most of the game. Thielen is going to be very productive. Tyler Boyd should be very busy with no uh, John Ross in there at 6,500 in the middle of the field. Uh, you got Auden Tate also playing, but Boyd is going to be peppered with targets here and deliver. Same things developing for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Christian Kirk out for the Cardinals. He's at 6,000. He's going to be heavily involved, and in the, the Bengals certainly cannot cover him. This week, so good target. Allen Robinson there at 5600. I like that price. Uh, kind of combine him with the Chase Daniel Robinson. There's nothing to uh, be scared about with this Raiders secondary. You can certainly eat there in this particular matchup. And I think you have to look at Geronimo Allison at five thousand dollars with Devontae Adams looking like he'll miss the game. Uh, on the other side, Michael Gallup five thousand looking like he'll play the game as targets there in that tournament because those are. Guys, we know that Allison can have multiple touchdowns, big game, Gallup as well. You can target there. And Philip Dorsett, 4,900 as well. Better, a little bit of appeal to me in a tournament setup. Uh, they're going to go three wide receivers again, and uh, the Redskins can't cover much here this week. And if we're going really deep, now this is crazy a little bit, but no one's going to be on this guy, Robbie Anderson. We know that Eagles secondary is pretty bad. Uh, Ronald Darby's not going to play in the game. Avante Maddox is out. All you need is one deep shot from Luke Falk, and you will get the uh, returns here on Robbie Anderson. There, 7.2 fantasy points per game. But in uh, cash, if you're looking at uh, 3x, it takes a touchdown, 60 yards, that kind of thing, and you're in business there with Robbie Anderson. So maybe a guy that we're not talking about because everyone's uh, got some negative feelings about the Jets' offense, but... Not a bad uh, dart throw in a good uh, tournament lineup, uh, more so with that particular wide receiver. Now we move to tight end, and uh, this one's a little tough to navigate with our, our friend Will Disley and Gerald Everett uh, done here after uh, Thursday night football because Evan Ingram doesn't have the greatest matchup against the Vikings, neither does Darren Waller here. 
So those are two of our high-end options. Uh, after last week, you're not feeling Greg Olson, O.J. Howard in that same price point as well. Jimmy Graham, a bit of risk. Austin Hooper as well in a tough matchup. So a lot of the topper, top tight ends here having some question marks. So I want to go as cheap as possible this week at tight end. And you got to start with Tyler Eifert, 3,300. The Cardinals are the worst team against the tight end. They've given six touchdowns. It's quite clockwork. Eifert was targeted in the red zone last week. There's no Ross. They're going to have to throw more to Eifert. The Tylers, Boyd, and Eifert. 3300 is where you'd start. And that same price point, Trey Burton is not a bad guy. I think he's more of a tournament play. Eifert might be your little cash game tight end where you figure things are going to be solid. But Burton hasn't done much, but Chase Daniel can get him going. The Raiders do struggle to cover the tight end. So that's where I'm going. I'm going to the bottom here at tight end at uh, 3300 And I like those two guys at that exact same price. Now, finally, we'll talk about our defense targets here overall. And uh, I think you start with the Bills-Titans game. 3100 for the Bills, 3000 for the Titans. I don't want to invest too heavily in the Patriots. I know there are people beyond them, but 4300 that's quite a bit. That's, you're paying, you can save a solid uh, 1200 to 1300 there and really uh, still maybe potentially get the same production. The Titans not getting uh, the same points per game. I mean, think about it. The Patriots have to get uh, 20.8 to really return. That's their average of the season, while the Titans... You're going to get, they're already built in for 3x at 3,000. And the Bills' uh, offense is shaky. So I, at home, I like the Titans to get the job done. And the Bills on the other side, not a bad play. But I'm always saying, let's go for the home team and it's cheaper. And that's where you go. The Panthers are not bad either. 2,600 there at home. I should get some sacks, certainly, of Gardner Minshew there. And uh, should get you about 10 fantasy points there. So. Not bad for the Panthers. I, I think they have limited upside because Minshew doesn't turn over the ball. But the sacks and maybe the low-scoring nature of that game could really help here at Carolina in this particular week. So there you have it. There's our look at some DFS targets on DraftKings that you want to look at for uh, cash games and tournaments this week uh, in terms of the pricing and where you can find the values. And uh, it's fun to start to uh, con- Trying to uh, build a winner here consistently in uh, DFS. Uh, it's challenging. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of advice out there. It can be intimidating, but uh, that's why we're diving in together and uh, trying to figure out the philosophies of uh, roster construction and the players that type you want to target and the way you balance out your particular uh, roster in a given week. Now, I know... Uh, you're listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football and hope you listen to us here on a regular basis. There are also some great podcasts all throughout the Lockdown NFL Network. we got our team-by-team uh, team podcast, check them out, and our flagship Lockdown NFL show, hosted by Brian Peacock with the scouting analysis there of Matt Williamson. So great shows there. And uh, don't forget, our NHL podcasts are in full swing here on the network. And uh, we also have key MLB podcasts for you through the postseason. So Good stuff all around here on Locked On Network, and uh, we're proud to be part of it here on the NFL side of things. We'll be right back here with a look at the injury updates you need to know for week number five's weekend games. All right, let's close here looking at uh, what's going on with uh, the injury report here. We'll have the official designations coming out later, but we have a little bit of indication. I was retracting the practice reports now. Josh Allen, we'll see if he's cleared. There's a chance he's going to play. I don't like the matchup at the Titans, but Matt Barkley, if he's in there, the Titans defense 
gives you a little bit more appeal, certainly this week. Allen coming off a three-interception game. Barkley added one in that game against the Patriots as well. We know Cam Newton's not playing Kyle Allen in there. Uh, Chase Daniels uh, set to start there with Mitchell Trubisky. We mentioned how much we like him in DFS. Gardner Minshew is okay with a knee injury for the Panthers. Patrick Mahomes still playing through the ankle injury. Drew Brees missing another game with the right thumb. Teddy Bridgewater starts again for the Saints. Sam Darnold close to being back, but still needs a little bit of work. So Luke Falk, as we mentioned, uh, going to have to uh, be the Jets quarterback for one more week here. Not, not recommended, obviously, in a brutal matchup there against uh, the Eagles overall. Uh, I think the Eagles' defense is going to play a little bit better and uh, really damage what uh, the Jets want to do offensively this week. Now, we move on to uh, Case Keenum, uh, he's got the foot injury, but even though he's uh, kind of getting healthier, they're still going to go with the other Colt McCoy, probably McCoy over uh, Dwayne Haskins in this particular game against the Patriots. I'm not interested in either. You could uh, Devin Singletary. We'll see if he can come back. That cuts into Frank Gore's value, obviously, a little bit. Tough matchup against the Titans in general, so maybe a situation to avoid altogether. Jamal Williams isn't practicing. He's going to be out, so a little bump for Aaron Jones, sort of. Touches and touchdown value. So receptions and touchdowns, that's where you're going to get your value from Jones. And it certainly could come this week. I don't love the matchup, but if you need him as an RB2, you'll play him. Carlos shot Hyde, fine with a shoulder injury, he'll play. Marlon Mack will have to watch here. Two days of mispractice. He tends to do this and sometimes is able to play. But feeling more about uh, Jordan Wilkins there instead. And uh, Naeem Hines as well against the Chiefs in the passing game. Now, Chiefs, LaShawn McCoy is fine for this game. Damien Williams is fine, so no more Daryl Williams, so he's done here. Where it's McCoy and Damien Williams, Williams more the power back there. McCoy, the, sh- the shifty one, both threats to score here in this offense. So McCoy, more a little bit more appealing to me than Damien Williams this week. Justin Jackson not playing for the Chargers with a calf injury. It's going to be Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. We'll see how that split plays out against the Broncos' weak run defense. Rex Burkhead has a foot injury. We'll see. I think he's going to go for the Patriots, but... Uh, that's cloudy backfield with their usage, especially in a game where they can throw all over the Redskins. Now, Saquon Barkley, there was some optimism he could return this week, but he's got the ankle injury. I, you're looking at Wayne Gallman, who's had a neck injury of his own, but he's going to play here and fill in for one more week. I think Barkley could be definitely back next week. Josh Jacobs had an elbow issue, but he's fine to go for the Raiders. James Conner is someone to watch. They've been uh, kind of cautiously optimistic with him, but he didn't miss. He didn't practice for two days here. We'll have to see it could be Jalen Samuels doing a little bit more damage there against the Ravens. Tevin Coleman, Monday nighter, uh, looks like he might be back here, limited with the ankle injury on their first day of practice. A couple more days there to get ready to potentially play against the Browns. Christian Kirk not playing against the Bengals there for the Cardinals. So Larry Fitzgerald is going to be a guy that you're going to definitely go after. Uh, in terms of the trickle-down, you're looking at, at a lot of uh, – Keyshawn Johnson next, probably in the mix. They're going to plan to play a little more Andy Isabel as well. But remember, Demir Bird is also out. So they're going to have to get more people involved. And Keyshawn Johnson seems like the guy there, the rookie for the Cardinals. Now, Cole Beasley, again, could see a lot of targets against the Titans. The Titans are weak in the slot. And they're very good on the outside. So it's very tough here to expect things on the outside from John Brown and others. But Cole Beasley certainly look. Now, Taylor Gabriel is going to miss the game. He's not traveling to London. The concussion carries over for two weeks for the Bears. So tough break there and a good matchup there. A.J. Green not playing. John Ross not playing. Again, that's why we like Tyler Boyd and Tyler Eifert. And Auden Tate is a really deep sleeper this week for the Bengals. Now, 
Looking at uh, the Browns, Odell Beckham Jr. is fine for the 49ers game. Jarvis Landry, however, concerns here. Concussion and a shoulder injury. He needs to be cleared to play against the 49ers. Uh, Richard Higgins eliminated. We've been, see, we've been seeming like that in practice. I'm not sure he can return. They also have Antonio Callaway off suspension, so he can come back this week as, as well. Mari Cooper's fine with the ankle injury to play against the Packers. Uh, Michael Gallup is expected to play with the knee injury in that game as well. Devontae Adams not expected to play. He's got the uh, toe that's painful here. Emmanuel Sanders will play with the quad against the Chargers. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, just getting some rest in the middle of the week. They'll be fine. Kenny Stills should be available with a hamstring and ankle, but uh, again, could be a game-time decision for him. And uh, T.Y. Hilton looks on track here to return with the quad here overall. He is he tends to uh, play once he gets limited status. He didn't practice all like week last week. That's why he missed the game. But I think he returns. Paris Campbell is a little bit more in danger of missing the game. Abdomen injury out for two days so far in practice. So we'll see about his status. Tyreek Hill, he teased, potentially returned this week. But Andy Reid being more careful with that. Limited again in practice. I doubt Tyreek Hill will be active. So it could be last week that you, Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hardman have some uh, value because they've cooled off here past that uh, Raiders big breakout performance. Mike Williams looks like he could return from the Chargers with a back injury. Stephon Diggs, weird situation we know. It looks like he'll at least suit up for the Vikings this week after practicing in full there. Tenuous situation, his contract not being as much as the issue as just not liking the team and where it's going, so we'll see about that going forward. Josh Gordon remained limited with knee, but he should be out there. So should Julian Edmund with a chest injury. Great matchup against the Redskins. Uh, Traquan Smith looks like he could be back to help the Saints with the ankle injury. Demarius Thomas looks like he'll play here for the Jets against the Eagles. Tyrell Williams, uh, not looking good here for Tyrell Williams. Two days of mispractice. They've been using Trevor Davis uh, as uh, getting the reps there, so really concerned about his availability, so you might have to be without him this week. Deshaun Jackson not looking good with the abdomen return this week. Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't practiced for two days, but they're very optimistic he's fine. He's going to play against the Ravens. Uh, Chris Godwin has the hip injury for that carried over last week. It didn't affect him at all in his monster game against the Rams. You've got uh, Terry McLaurin. We're watching that hamstring, but really hard to play him now if it's a, another quarterback change. Here for the Redskins, we loved him with Case Keenum. Not so much with Dwayne Haskins or Cole McCoy. Mark Andrews uh, got some limited practice with a foot injury. He'll keep playing here against the Ravens. Uh, Tyler Croft is going to miss this game. He's got an ankle injury. He's always hurt. Not available. Trey Bird, we mentioned as a DFS value. He's good to go against the Raiders with his growing injury. Uh, Jimmy Graham just being rested in the middle of the week. He'll play against the Cowboys. Could see a big role without Adams. Hunter Henry still a little bit away from returning. Didn't practice again. Here, Virgil Green could certainly be available after he uh, got limited practice with the growing injury. Now, Vance McDonald is certainly out for the Steelers with a shoulder. Delaney Walker is fine with the knee injury for the Titans. Uh, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis, so what can you say here? Both are dealing with concussions here. And so, no garbage from there. Jeremy Sprinkle will have to uh, carry the load here at tight end for the Redskins here this week, probably. Uh, you look at... Uh, Eddie Pinero, he's going to be kicking in London. There, uh, Austin Siebert's going to be kicking on Monday night against the 49ers. And Michael Badgley, out again. The Chargers signed some uh, kicking help behind uh, Ty Long. And uh, one more kicker note. Remember that Steven Guskowski is on IR and Will New- or Mike Nugent is taking over as the Patriots kicker, the longtime veteran. So if you need a kicker there, 
and you got some injuries or uh, just unhappy viewers, uh, make, make sure you get Gus Gasky out and go after Mike Nugent. So there you have it. There's a comprehensive look at the injuries here going into the weekend games of week five there for you. We've got you covered on our uh, DFS talk, our uh, Ram Seahawks takeaways. And throughout the week, that's what we do. It's a progressive. We uh, get the takeaways from the previous games on Monday. We roll into our waiver wire talk on uh, Pickup Tuesdays, have our two matchup shows back-to-back, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, and we close here on lineup Friday. So that's how we do it every week here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. Simple, easy, straight to the point, the fantasy football analysis and breakdown for you of everything you need to know. So thanks so much for listening. This has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time on Lockdown Fantasy Football for Monday's uh, roundup show here from Week 5.